0: Tonight, I'm Rogue Padron. again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, therapy time with your torture droid, a fleshy peasant, pleasant boy. <laughs> the psychiatric ethics of droids.
1: Wait, is it pleasant or peasant? It's, it's, both. it's peasant.
0: It's because he's pleasant and also a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> I improvised. Okay, <laughs> is it? Erika, I'm fine I'm fine, it's fine Quell Queen of starfighters and fizzy drinks At half naked and drinking alone Which is how it happens in my apartment
2: Big mood
3: (laughs) This is Rogue Leader All wings are part in Rogue six,
1: standing by
2: Rogue seven, standing by
1: Rogue three, standing by
3: Yeah, you guys gotta get weird with this one. So many balls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was so Bodhi.
0: Excuse me, that's Brigadier General Melbar.
1: Yeah, there's, there's two Darth Vaders. They, they kinda swap in and out as Natalie Portman and Anakin Skywalker.
0: Pepperoncini!
3: That's what she said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. Hello, Glisteners. Welcome to Season 13, Mission 7, Episode 107 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be doing part one of a very special three-part series of Rogue Freedron. <laughs> Alphabet alphabet Podrin, whatever you want to call it. We'll be talking about Alphabet (laughs) Squadrin.
2: Alphabet Podrin is so much better, why didn't I write (laughs) this? Rogue Freedron
1: was really a choice. I mean, (laughs) that's okay.
2: When I mentioned mentioned that I was going to be doing this to my partner, they were like, oh, Rogue Freedron, and I was like, that seems okay.
1: No, it's wrong, it's Alphabet Podrin. At the very least, Freed Podrin.
2: Yeah, Alphabet (laughs) Podrin. Okay, it's
3: changed. It's good. It's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Alright.
1: Alright. Next time, feel
3: free to workshop it with us. At yeah. least we get that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but before we jump into this very wonderful book, a quick reminder of your hosts. I actually need to open up my little notebook. Hold on. Oh. If Saf Rogue Seven. It's Danny out-
1: Saf Megan Heath. We, we've done this. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, she's yeah, going to kill Danny. Er- we, eh? we
1: met earlier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're also doing something new right now where we can see each other on the Skype call except Heath, so I just glared <laughs> at Davy. <dating. laughs> Those murder eyes. Yeah, murder eyes, murder eyes. If Seth, Rogue Seven, was an Alphabet Squadron character that isn't actually part of Alphabet Squadron, she would be Nath's droid T5 because she's fed up with BS and is kind to good people. I love that droid. Nice. Yep. It's a good droid. Nice.
2: When you said Nath, I was like, don't you dare say I'm Nath. No, you're not Nath. <laughs>
0: The droid, obviously. Nath Windrider? Oh, no. Stop. Danny Rogue Six would be Satanique, because he's a well-liked bird person who sometimes, like, makes stuff up, but just for funsies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I see it.
1: Perfect. Oh, I hope he lives a long, happy life.
0: Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Heath, Rogue Three, would be Shikar Grandmother, Nurse, because yes. he's an old that is continuously unimpressed TM with dummies in his men's <laughs> Yep. Yep. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Eureka's Droid, D6, because I was not made for this, but I am doing my best anyway.
2: <laughs> Aww. I love D6 oh, as well. Good. What a surprise that I love the droids. Oh, weird.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of weird surprises... I have a question about Star Wars.
0: Oh, you do? That is a surprise.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whoa. can you believe I I came prepared with oh. two in a row tonight? I'm so proud of you, Danny.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. so we're gonna be talking about alphabet squadron the book and and because we're doing this in three parts i think we're gonna try our best not to spoil anything past the part we're talking about i assume even though some of us have read past it but we'll do our best um so with that in mind um and this is this connects well to meg's intro um which of the five members of alphabet squadron was your favorite will
0: will 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 i am president of the will lock fan club
3: (laughs) that's pretty good
2: Honestly, a hard question because I'm not sure yet. Oh, I know. It's easy. It's Kairos. I love Kairos. Of course it is. I forgot Kairos existed for a second. Kairos is absolutely my favorite. The moment she was introduced, I was like, there she is. There's my girl. Though I do identify a lot with chess because mm. I too like to play really loud music and sing along loudly when I drive.
1: So, so Chas is my choice for mm-hmm. for my favorite for that reason. Um, and also just because she reminds me of Jen Erso in a lot of ways. And Jen is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. And so I, I like, I like yeah. the comparisons there. And just, uh, she's, of course, our, our one non human. Well, presumably our one non human. Still unsure about Kairos. <laughs> I don't think but... Kairos is going to be a human. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either. But, um, and, and I really like... Usually the when we've seen... I'm forgetting what her species is. Um, a Thelan? A Thelan? Thelan. Yeah, usually when we see Thelans, they're like bubbly and upbeat and bright. So it's kind of fun to see like a more a more emo <laughs> version punk. of the Thelan. Very yeah, emo. Yeah, kind of Keith. Yeah. <laughs>
3: he- um, do you pronounce it Cairn? How did you pronounce that name?
0: I was going to say Oh, the... the, Cairn. the um Karen Adon? The intelligence, yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't know.
3: I felt like he gave off a big, like, my job is a little hard right now, but I'm doing it anyway, energy. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I, he was, when he was looking that rubber band, I was like, yeah, you are <laughs> just, like, frustrated at work right now, and that's a big <laughs> that's mood. That's a up. mood. <laughs> Extremely relatable. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's that's the thing, is that, like, everyone is super relatable in, like, very different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Freed is a master in that yeah, way. Yeah. So is. Because, good.
0: like, even when you don't necessarily like them, you're definitely like intrigued by them and like can appreciate who they are mm. right yeah 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 Oof, it's- right, so let's that, talk about I don't them think we're
3: i don't think we're supposed to like him that much but he's but i do able- like
2: him i do yeah. like I, him i, I actually right? i really don't like him but i respect him yeah 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 mm. kind of like Erika, i think um mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk about alphabet squadron so i am yeah. provisional alphabet leader for this i guess <laughs> because i wrote the notes and i'm gonna be leading us
0: um uh, can and- i just say that i'm extremely proud of saf in this because she also color-coded the chapters like i used to do
2: I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. extremely took a proud leaf
0: out of meg's book
2: it's oh a good way gosh. of like separating the chapters um yeah. yeah yeah so let's talk about this book uh alex reed is a genius so which mean- means that these notes are long because he writes a lot like <laughs> in one chapter of the ro- of like the rogue squadron books you could sum it up pretty easily um like stuff happened but not a lot happens alex free packs a lot into a small space i don't know how he does it um so we're splitting this book into the three parts of the book uh so we will try our best to not spoil the later parts of the book um if you haven't gotten that far so if you're joining us for this this will be spoilers for part one so if you've read part one, you are fine. If you haven't read part one, go read it and then come listen to this. Unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, who cares? Just listen. It's fine.
1: But really, you should go read it because this book is excellent. <laughs> it's and, so good. And when all four of us, the the four of us all have like very particular tastes. I feel like when it comes to like books in general, but specifically Star Wars books. So mm. when all four of us can agree that like this is a good book, like that's pretty good. Well, I, I guess yeah. Heath hasn't actually said one way or the other, but I'm I yeah I
3: I only read the first part so far, but I'm enjoying it
1: okay there you go so in general we all are in agreement that it's like a good book and so that's a pretty good sign so so go read it and then listen to this episode
2: yeah and it's kind of nice to take uh kind of go back to the old format a little bit with this book because it is kind of like it feels kind of like the the spiritual like successor to the x-wing books in a way um Mm -hmm. it's less like uh pulpy fun but it feels kind of similar in spirit yeah so we begin with erica kell a tie pilot. She's having a therapy session with a droid that apparently has a flair for the poetic, and it's story time. Yes, I
0: love Ito. I love yeah. I love Ito so much. Love- oh my god. Okay, I've also so been good. calling him Ito um, mm-hmm. because, like, that is like a name okay. I'm very used to. Ito so.
2: never never gendered in this book. One thing I love oh, is yes. that Freed they- never genders a single droid in this book. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, it's
0: amazing.
2: It's so good. But yeah, I love Ito. Like as soon as I start reading this book. Um, I think I had to put it down on, like, the first page and scream at somebody else who had an, an arc about Ito because I was just like, oh my god, it's a therapy droid that is a reprogrammed torture droid. And that is extremely yep. cool.
3: Amazing. So good.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so clever. It's, like, as f- f- as a character device, like, mm-hmm. the how the droid draws on its experience f- of torture to, like, do therapy is just, like, mm-hmm. it's brilliant.
2: It's extremely cool. There's some good droid stuff in this book. Yeah. So it's story time. She's she's telling the story. 18 kilometers or 11 miles for Americans above <laughs> Necronus. Erica fights her way through a massive silstorm with TIE fighters on her tail. She's trying to reach out to allies, but they're either dead or the comms are jammed. While trying to figure out how to get away, she gets hit up by her commander, Major Soran Keyes Kai's, ordering her to eject and surrender. So she's clearly, you know, running away from the ties. Uh she doesn't do that, obviously, because Kai's may be an admirable guy, but she knows the Empire, and she knows the moment she ejects they will shoot her out of the sky. So she throws herself groundward and into the heart of the storm to try and shake them off. Two of her pursuing ties are smashed, and the third Disappears from the scanner, so she knows that Major Keys, the ace of the 204th Imperial Fighter Wing, must be dead. She can't pull out from her dive, and she crashes. She doesn't remember what happens after that until she's sitting atop her broken tie, watching the storm created by the Empire. She was too late to save Necronus. Back to therapy, the droid asks her if she's feeling fortunate to survive. Instead, she gets mad at it, and it just lives with that. At the end of her session, the droid conf- concludes that she's lying, so she's not telling the whole truth of the story. We're introduced to Traitor's Remorse, which is where ex-Imperials are taken upon surrender until. The the new republic can decide what to do with them so that's where eric has ended up now that she's surrendered to the new republic she goes running despite her broken arm and healing concussion because she's smart and practices self-care she misses flying and her sessions with the reprogrammed ito torture droid are not actually helping
1: she so watched- traitors from worse was a really cool concept today. i was
3: just gonna say i would love like a disney plus show or like a short story collection set there just mm-hmm. so many cool stories you could tell with that problem.
1: Yeah, we hear so much about imperial defectors. Like th- they play a huge role both in legends. Like I mean, Tycho, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But I-, I think in canon too, like everyone's an imperial. I defector. I mean, I think
0: Wedge Wedge is oh, an yeah. imperial defector. Like
1: right. <laughs> but we never, like, we never stop. We've never really before stopped to think about like what is that process to like, you, like. Because the Rebellion obviously isn't just going to accept any old Imperial Defector into the Rebellion. It's like, what is Mm -hmm. that process to go from point A to point B? And this was, like, a really cool way to demonstrate that, like, it's not pretty.
2: No, yeah, like, so you end up at Traitor's Remorse, and if you're, like, a high-priority Defector, or if you've got good information, or if you've got, like, high skills, they will take you out really quickly. If you're low-priority and you've got, like, no skills and you've done bad things, they will just leave you there indefinitely, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing anyone can do about that. So it's like, you actually kind of see the dirty side of the rebellion a bit there
0: yeah i mean especially at this point in time right because back like during when they were fighting the war like when wedge joined and like Tycho and like things like that right like they were losing and now they're winning and well as more definitely more so and so it's the concept of like people who are jumping ship now It isn't because they necessarily want to join the rebellion. It's because Mm -hmm. they just don't want to die. Like they don't want to be on the losing side. And so like you do have to do something to like sort out their intentions because it's very different now than it was before. Yeah, Yeah, and and that's a
1: good point that the number of Imperial defectors is probably much higher than it was probably before the Battle of Endor even. Yeah, And so, like, you know, she's talking about how there's, like, no... Like, the food sucks and, like, the resources are terrible. And, like, that makes sense because all of a sudden they got all these Imperial defectors coming in, most of whom are not there to help the Rebellion but are just there because, like, they want to survive.
2: Yeah, yeah. and that's why Erika kind of gets stuck there is because she wasn't high level. She was just in the 204th uh, Imperial fighter wing, right? So she Mm -hmm. can fly a TIE. But she also defected after Endor, so she was a later defector as well. She hasn't necessarily shown that she like defected on purpose, that she wanted to be part of the rebellion. So she's just kind of left there hanging, um, and there's not much she can do about it. So she's yeah, watching. She's not
3: super great at convincing them that she had good intentions. Yes. Yeah,
2: she's not. She tries she... her best, but her people skills are like not the best.
3: <laughs> no,
1: no, no, she's having a hard time with people. Yeah, I'm I like your. Recatable. well yeah, <laughs> yeah, one thing I like about her is that like what you see is what you get. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean the droid just said it, like, she's clearly lying. <laughs> like when she's <laughs> when she's not telling the truth, it's very obvious.
2: Yeah. Um so yeah, they they bring in new Imperial Tunic coats like every day at a timed uh timed carrier coming in and on her runs she stops to watch those arrive. And they're almost all human because the Empire is racist as fuck, which we already knew. At this point, after Operation Cinder, which, if you don't know, is the operation that happens in Battlefront 2, and it's basically after Endor, uh, a bunch of messengers from the Emperor, like, projecting the Emperor's face and using his voice, turned up to a bunch of Imperial leaders and basically told them to destroy some planets. Not for any like it didn't it didn't offer any strategic gain there was no reason to actually destroy these planets they just went and destroyed the planets entirely which is what was happening at Necronus. it's
1: just it's like palpatine throwing a temper tantrum that he yeah, lost
2: yeah it's <laughs> extremely petty stuff
1: <laughs> although it like now what we know about palpatine potentially returning in some form in nine makes you wonder if if there's more to it than yeah than just an angry temper tantrum
2: it could have been like powering the dark side or something from killing all yeah. those people that's what i wonder but yeah so basically after operation cinder anyone defend, defecting now now has made peace with the reasonless destruction of planets for revenge um, as Erica says in the book they make a conscious choice to forget the cost uh, so she basically thinks they're all assholes because they are I mean, it's true, they are yeah, they are Yeah. <laughs> a Balisar man approaches her while she's watching the new batch arrive. did
1: you say a Bulbasaur man? Balisar
2: <laughs> he's a Bulbasaur man now yeah. <laughs> it's the same uh, species as the guy who offered Obi-Wan death sticks yeah. So they've got those little like air you know, stops.
0: They're so cute. They freak me out a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he would have hated if I called them cute, but he like, would oh, Yeah. Hate
1: yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> hit, hit you over the head with one of those death sticks. Listen
0: I don't know. Like we'll we'll talk about it later.
2: <laughs> yeah. So here's Karen Adan. He is a New Republic intelligence officer. And he's asking who she's waiting for and She's not really waiting for anyone, but she points out a Death Trooper washout because he's got the surgical implants for it, um, and she's pissed that he's allowed free roam and he's just accepted as a traitor, basically, because he was trying to be a Death Trooper and that is a very bad thing. Uh, Karen Adan digs in with like info about her previous team, the 204th, and he's like trying to pry out emotions from her, basically, and read her a little bit, because Shadow Wing, the 204th, is causing chaos and he wants to make a working group to study them. So he wants her because she used to be part of them. She wants a military position, but she's not wanted for that. Nobody trusts her with a ship. So this Mm. is kind of like her only option. But she's still not like, she doesn't want to. So she kind of like walks off and he's like, I'll find you later. She goes off to start a fight with that stormtrooper slash that failed (laughs) death trooper because she wants to brawl. Instead, she's there when someone sets off a bomb, which is a regular thing in Trader's Remorse because ex-Imperials, or people who still believe in the Empire, they want to kill these people who have turned their backs on it. So there are a lot of bombs happening And there. it's
1: very easy for them to get in because the Rebellion doesn't have the resources to have security.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So she ends up actually helping the ex Trooper out of the rubble. Um, and the quote, which I like, is, He was a bastard, she reminded herself, as they lurched towards the exit. But then, so was everyone at Trader's Remorse. So basically, like, she realizes that, yeah, he was awful, but everyone there is. And she's part of that. And she really needs to get out of this place. So we we cut to Karen Adan flicking rubber bands at a hollow of Erica yes. projected by Ito. <laughs> <Mood>. <laughs> They're trying to figure out what is actually true about her and what she's lying. Ito's like she suffered trauma. And if she's a spy, then she's a shit one because we're already suspicious of her. <laughs> and Karen is just mad that the New Republic doesn't actually care about intelligence because he's like, intelligence is important. Without them, we would not have won this war. So he wants to prove how important intelligence is by taking out Shadow Wing with his working group. Aito seems somewhat skeptical of his motivations for this. Like, he's like, is this really for, like, pure intentions? It's probably not.
1: Yeah, I like I like that premise of, like, <laughs> I really want to take out this group of TIE fighters. Not because they're the enemy and they're bad, but I just want to prove to everyone that intelligence is important. <laughs> yeah, he's pay he's attention a, to me. He's
2: such a dweeb. Yeah, I am a, really into him. <laughs> a
1: dweeb with a ball. He's good.
2: He's good. Oh, so there's a party happening under the grinning moon of Jairus. <laughs> a boy, Arc, it's it's Mick's boy, a fleshy peasant boy. Is being accosted <laughs> with drunken love by his squadron mate, Satanique? Are you okay, there, Danny?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to. Did did one of our legends pilots have the last name Lark? Maybe.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: No. Okay. I don't know. I he. he... So I I would had Kel, t- Kel in my brain whenever Will came on for some reason. I don't know why. If it's just because their names sound similar, Will and Kel. But
2: <clears throat> I mean, they which both is funny because
1: have... Kel is Erica's last name.
2: <laughs> Quell is Erica's last. Quell.
1: name. Quell Kel Tainer. I don't know. <laughs> It's kind I, of a, a goofy young boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. You naive boy. Well, not naive, yeah. but sweet.
0: Just real Good-hearted. anxious. Good hearted. Real, real anxious.
2: Real anxious.
0: Will isn't English- anxious, though. Will's just a good boy. He's just a Will good is boy. just 19.
2: <laughs> He's a sweet boy. We get a bunch of names for the squadron. Sonagari, Red Boy, Nasi, and Renunja. Their riot squadron, which is a cool name. I like that. And Satanique will miss Will the most when he leaves tomorrow. The war Aww. is mostly won after Endor, and he's ready to go home. Wright is having a hell of a time swapping stories and eating candy until someone calls out that Will is a damn coward. It's a lime-haired called Chass, and she's itching to fight without combat duty. She's from Hound Squadron, which apparently makes a lot of sense to them. The night comes to an end after this, and everyone parts ways. Will wakes to sirens, because the Empire is here. They're targeting the Hellion's Dare, which is their flagship frigate that they've been flying with for a while. He jumps in his RZ-1 interceptor, his A-wing, and enters the fray. This is the first alphabet ship we get. He talks to a starfighter. He just... Like it's an animal. It's very sweet. There are 30 eyeballs. I appreciated the use of Mm eyeballs. Thanks, Freed. Going for the dare, and they need to draw them away. But the Ties are ready for them. Instead of fighting, they're actually going to run, because they can't fight this. There's there's too many, and they're very prepared. The dare sends coordinates, and everyone jumps, but not before the Ties get right eight Nasi. So... Turns out Will's not going home anytime soon because they're being chased. Quell is picked up by a Ewing with the vague possibility that she might get a Senate pardon if she does well for Karen. It's very much a, you do what I want and you do it right or I won't help you kind of thing. Ito is there to keep an eye on her and she just wants to prove herself. Ito's like going on about psychiatric ethics of droids and she says she doesn't care, but I do. And I'm mad she interrupts him because I wanted to know. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I care about the psychiatric ethics of therapy droids okay okay she's been tasked to recruit nath tencent a defector from the empire with who defected with his entire squadron briefly before alderaan was destroyed but not for any pure intentions his squadron had been investigated for corruption and he switched sides (laughs) rather than face punishment (laughs) you're like oh he he left before alderaan he must have been a really good guy no he just wanted to not get punished (laughs) kind of a dirtbag yeah Yeah. (laughs)
3: pretty bad
2: he's hot though
0: so yeah (laughs)
2: And since then his squadron has flown over 50 missions with little issue issue, until Shadow Wing destroyed all of them six months ago, except for Nath, the only survivor. He kind of dropped out of contact right after that. So Erica spends the rest of the trip sitting with the pilot and avoiding Ito, who is a being covered in leather and dirty cloth and wearing a metal helmet. (laughs) Who apparently looks like she belongs in like a sarcophagus rather than like a living person um but she smells good she smells of iron spices and something floral <laughs> so you know you can you can look terrible but still smell good Edo calls her kairos and Quella has no idea what species she is because she doesn't say anything um she she wants to fly the ewing and if kairos had let she would have gladly kissed her horror of a mask and i'm like gay uh Quell asks if she can fly the ewing and kairos with no words just disables the co-pilot station. So that's, that's probably so a no
0: that kairos is a big is dick great. move yeah. Yeah. i so really love good. kairos <laughs> can i fly Nah, no nah. nah, bitch i got this <laughs>
1: none of you will get this reference but kairos makes me think of the mountain from game of thrones in the later seasons yeah you're right um yeah i can see that but like good not evil
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i can see that they arrive at the entropian hive which is an asteroid covered in space docks and weird organic weaving ito doesn't join her because he's literally a torture droid and people will probably try and shoot him them it. it it if it leaves she's greeted by genruda a trading council representative was skin the color of recurgitated bread thanks for that freed <laughs> <laughs> why was this important to tell her <laughs> i don't know <laughs> who's trying to suck up to the new republic and I mean, that this she's this like, part is
1: from Erica's perspective, right? Like that's just yeah, the way that she thinks. <laughs> she's
2: the worst. <laughs> she's the worst.
1: <laughs> that's her life. Like, <laughs> like the best thing she can think like, of—that's that color—is like regurgitated, mm, regurgitated bread. bread. Like a box of Erica Quell-style crayons is like.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, like the sad god. saddest crayon. <laughs> he's like he's like ooh, maybe I can get in with the New Republic with this girl, and she's like looking at him, going regurgitated bread, disgusting. Bread. Oh <laughs> this bread. Oh is my not god. fair. <laughs> He's going on and on about how much they... Well, I don't think he's a he, actually. I think he's a them. Anyways, Genruda goes on and on about how much they want to work with the New Republic. And Quell actually can't imagine anyone making deals with a place that has pirates and slavers. But then she finds herself doubting the New Republic leadership. So she kind of gets mad and questions Genruda on the steps the Hive is taking to comply with the New Republic. And she ends up getting info on a Republic pilot that is apparently... Like, there to protect them for the Republic. Genruda points out a Y-Wing on top of a pile of Starfighter trash where it belongs, and says that this (laughs) pilot flies one, (laughs) which means that he must be Nath Tencent, who is a Y-Wing pilot. He is unfortunately not at home right now, so she has to wait. Quell reports to Ido, and the droid gives her no further instructions, much to her chagrin, because she doesn't know what she's doing. So she goes and buys food. A mood. As she looks for more info on Nath, she's jabbed in the neck with a needle and knocked out.
0: She's doing so well so
2: far. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying her best and it's not going well. She's doing well.
0: so well.
1: Yeah, Erica's a great example of like really trying hard and just things <laughs> just not, things very not Bad. going well. Yeah.
2: I do appreciate that her first thing is like, I'm going to go buy some food. Yeah. Is same. We head back to Hellion's Dare and Chess is ready for a fight, which I think is just her permanent state of being.
1: That way. is her 100% just like default state.
2: Yeah. She points out to Renunja, Riot leader, that Riot doesn't have Nasi's body and she could still be alive, so grieving her like this is wrong. Renunja isn't willing to risk lives on a miracle by heading back to try and save her because the shadowing was overwhelming them. She says, had you known Nasi, you would understand. And Chess storms off because she's right, she didn't know Nasi, so she doesn't understand. But she's mad. And she manages to restrain herself for the rest of the funeral. Riot has its own funeral ritual, which I think is something really cool that Freed did to actually, like, have funerals for the characters that die. Um... They use ion detonations to cause a blackout and then have candlelit eul- eulogies, which is kind of cool. Uh, the moment that the lights are back, though, and Riot is exchanging stories about Nassie, Chess loudly decries the fact that Nassie could still be alive and Riot doesn't seem to care. She really wants to fight. But everyone is like, it would be a suicide mission to go back, and nobody wants to do that. Hellion's dare had received a garbled transmission from a scout ship right before the attack. Imperial forces had tracked them down to destroy anyone who might have the message. They don't have time to decipher the message, but now the data must get back to the New Republic because it must be important if Shadow Wing is so determined to destroy them. Chas doesn't really like Renunja, but she likes Sardinique. Riot and Hound wonder if they found a third Je- Death Star, and that's why the Empire's after them. <laughs> Will says someone's going to build another one one day, and boy, how right you are! <laughs> <laughs> Will
0: knows. Will knows.
2: <laughs> She learns that Riot was an indoor and is immediately jealous and awed. But before she can ask about it, the frigate comes under attack. Chess climbs into her B wing, which is very exciting. Uh, but they're basically just delaying until they jump to hyperspace because they can't fight. She doesn't want to run and this isn't the mission she
1: wants. And so at this point we already have our alphabet figured out, right?
2: We don't have our X Wing yet.
1: Oh yeah, we don't have our X I mean we we kinda know who the X Wing is gonna be. I mean you're right. We, we don't know. Yeah, the X-wing but, yet. but no
2: X Wing isn't there yet. Yeah, the X Wing
0: is not is not Ben jumped into yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Colonel Shakara Neres of the Tour of Fourth Fighter Wing had forgotten what it was to lose a war. She'd lost battles in the Clone Wars, and her husband or something, Sanash, had lost his war against disease. She's soliloquying. <laughs> uh, but at least they'd won the Clone Wars, right? Her yeah. Star Destroyer... Uh, did anyone really win the Clone Wars, though? I mean, she's
1: on Pal- the Empire side, Palpa- so technically... Did. Okay, that's fair.
2: Yeah. Uh, her Star Destroyer, the Pursuer is destroying a spice mining outpost because they're too close to a new base of operations. It reminds her of Necronus, for whatever reason. Major Rassus asks if they're going to demand surrender, but she's like, nah, mercy was the province and luxury of those who were winning a war. Which is such an imperial thing to think, because the rebels still had mercy even when they were losing the war. Sure did. So she is pure imperial. Shakara asks about the Eri, which is a ship that they last heard from while chasing a scout. It hasn't reported reported back yet, but she's not, like, super worried because the Aerie has two Shadow Wing squadrons on board. And she still believes that they can win the war, despite the fact that the Empire has clearly lost.
0: I think it's so funny that an Imperial ship is called the Aerie, just because it's, like, in, in, like, the U.S., right? Like, Aerie is, like, an American Eagle brand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: it's, like, really... <laughs> Fun! Young women like it's summertime Look we don't photoshop our bodies like it's so weird to then have oh like God. the Imperial ship be the airy and it's like it's bad the airy is bad <laughs> The Airy is evil and dark. Yeah. But also like kicky fashion <laughs> threw me out. I'm like what where is your where is your vague? vaguely sexual name like that's what i, I
2: mean pursuer that. is right could be right because
0: like a pursuer is like you know you could pursue dude, a person a dude at the club who like thinks no means try harder right
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and that's very fitting for a day extremely <laughs> <laughs> We...
1: So I like, I like Shakara because she represents someone that we don't have yet, but just someone who still believes the Empire, like, in the Imperial cause, right? And yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. diehard Empire. I feel like you could, like, Freed could take all the, or you could take all these characters and, and, and like, categorize them into Rebel or Imperial, and then there's, like, a spectrum for each of them of, like, how dedicated they are to the cause, and, like, that's that's kind of a big theme going throughout the book is, like, moving around that spectrum of, like, loyal to the cause, or, like, no, I don't believe in this nonsense.
2: Yeah. And she's very firmly on loyal to the Imperial cause.
1: She's a good foil to Quell, because she's, yeah, she's firmly in the Imperial camp and firmly believes in the cause.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, So we return to Quell, who is tied up, and she can't see, and she's scared. So we're already, like, catching up with... Is, is uh... she
1: naked and vibrating, though? <laughs> was, no, she's not.
2: I was gonna say, we're catching up to, like, Rogue Squadron and things already that she's tied up. Um, but yeah. she's not naked, and she's not vibrating. Great. Thank God. She's doing so much better than Corrin. <laughs> someone tells her that pe- her people are dead she guesses it's 10 cent but he doesn't answer to the name he thinks that she's still part of the empire and that she's there to finish him off she keeps him talking while she strains to signal ito on her comlink he's about to torture her just like straight up torture her when the lights go out and ito arrives with a snappy quip about doing no harm because he's a doctor <laughs> uh she headbutts
1: ito is many things ito so is funny. great
2: <laughs> she butts. Nath from behind to to knock him down, then passes out because she's still recovering from a concussion.
0: She's so stupid. <laughs> and she
2: is not bright. <laughs> she's a disaster. <laughs> yep. So they switch places. Nath ends up passed out on the floor. She thinks he could be raggedly handsome, but he's built like a brick shit house, or as she sees it, a thug.
0: <laughs> so he's he's walky. I don't know why that's not handsome, because like that's extremely
2: handsome. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not Erica's type.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs>
2: she's, she she yeah. feels yeah yeah she feels awful like in general, but she tells Edo that she's fine. She's fine. She'll be fine. So the Edo will go away. Nath eventually wakes up and they they talk over drinks because she could have killed him while he was passed out and she didn't. So now he kind of trusts her. Quella is drinking brandy, which is her father's drink. Her brothers taught her to appreciate it, but she's watered it down for the mission, so she's not like passed out drunk. Neth delicately sips spice wine, and I want to know if that's like the drug spice wine or like a mold wine because two very different things.
1: Very different things going on there. I
2: hope it's a mold wine. Like I hope, I hope it's like a fancy
0: mold wine.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Also, the fact he's like she notices that he's delicately sipping it. Um, he's got he's got some class to him.
0: He's a man of taste. Yeah.
2: He doesn't want to go back to the rebellion. He's happy lying to the hive about his official officiality of his being there. Um, he just doesn't want to go back. Like his entire squadron died, right? He hates this. Quell knows that she'll never be like her mentor Soren Keys, but she's gonna have to try to finish her mission. And he had, like, a way with his people. He was a very good leader. Shadowwing is still active, and does Nath want other squadrons to die like his? He tells her about his squadron's last mission, which is very intense. He didn't like asking his squad to be heroes, but they did the mission as a favor to someone else. Nath describes in detail how squadmates died, how the mission went wrong, and because a Star Destroyer jumped in. They were flying Y-Wings, so they couldn't get past the Star Destroyer, obviously. There's so the first ran- problem. Yeah, yeah that, was the f- that was your first mistake, buddy. So they ran back to the shipyards to take cover from the Star Destroyers. Uh, Nath had his comm open the whole time and heard as every one of his pilots got taken out, which is awful. He and his second-in-command, Rika, made it through, but Rika's astromech had been destroyed, which meant that she couldn't jump to hyperspace. Uh, Then Bronos,
1: flashbacks.
2: Yeah, that was yeah that entire bit like destroyed me just because of how well it's described and the fact that like at the end you're like yay rika survives and then she can't oh just kidding. just kidding just kidding just kidding she can't leave but nath can uh erica asks if he saw what happened to her and he says yes but he doesn't elaborate on that obviously traumatized poor boy so nath made it to the hive and found out about shadowing and he's kind of just been there since because he doesn't care about the New Republic. The people he cared about are now dead. To Quell, he's everything wrong with the Empire. He's all about corruption and lack of loyalty to the cause. She doesn't want to work with him, but she's got to do it anyways. Quell tells him- So
1: Nath's spectrum is is loyalty to his squadron versus loyalty to the cause, and he's all the way over on the squadron side. Yeah. Yeah, But but only that one squadron. So he kind of fell off that spectrum entirely.
0: Yeah, because his squadron. Mm -hmm.
1: You can't be loyal to dead people i take that back you you can you You can can
2: be be, be. but that's a bad idea
0: yeah (laughs) and yeah yeah, i don't know besides besides lying to the people at the at the entropian nest like he's actually not doing anything wrong here
2: like yeah he's like helping them out yeah yeah. like he's
0: earning a living it was just that he lied that he's like official new republic pilot (laughs) <laughs> but it's also he's like not, he's, he's not
2: a bad dude he's just morally questionable yeah
0: which it's like all right that's fine mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough time in the galaxy to be honest
2: yeah so to try and like spark his anger Quell tells him that she she was part of shadowing and he attacks her yeah. uh she knocks him over and they both just feel awful because they've both passed out recently <laughs> they're both idiots <laughs> she points out that he clearly wants revenge and he's like Maybe. I'm not telling you that, but I'm not going back. He's he's playing hard to get right now. Um <laughs> so she has to leave basically. Like he's he's not being recruited. She yeah. goes back to the Ewing, she tells Edo she messed up and they should signal Kairos to leave. She always seems like really interested in what Kairos is doing or where Kairos is at. Uh and I'm like, hmm. Super gay for Kairos. <laughs> like she whenever she's doing something, she's turning Edo, she's like, So where's Kairos? What's Kairos doing right now? Yes. Be a little less obvious, please. She can't.
0: She's, they... ob- she's not, not <laughs> she's, obvious She's not obvious.
2: She's not a su- there's not a
0: subtle bone right. in her body. Which is why she really is not a spy, because like <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Do you ship it? I ship it.
1: Team Era Kairos? Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm already there. She one hundred percent wants Kairos to murder her.
1: Or Team Quelros. Yeah. Kairos Ky- Quel. Mm. I don't know. Ky- <laughs> We're getting further away, I
3: think.
0: is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: cute. Yeah, I like that. That is cute. They get a convoy request from someone who wants to follow them out of the system. It's an astromech aboard a Y-Wing, which is Nath's Y-Wing. Kairos returns right at that moment and Cole suspects that Nath's change of mind might be linked with Kairos having just, like, fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> a lot
0: of people can be
2: changed minds
0: with Kairos.
2: Yeah, she changes minds. That's what she does. The Hellion Stare is under attack again, and they lose another pilot. Sonagari, Riot 7. Will weeps for her in his cockpit. Sonagari like, is a dude, I think.
1: The Hellion Stare is not a no, good place to go. No, Sonagari's be right now.
2: a girl. Oh, is it? I thought it was a he. Yeah. Sonagari's. Because I, I definitely checked the pl- the pronouns on Sonagari. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like, it amazes me how quickly Freed makes me really sad for these pilots that I barely know. Like, Genuinely upset at how he writes this. It's extremely good. Captain Kreskian of the Dare explains to the crew that they're in the outer reaches of the Orador Cluster, which is a region of densely packed stars that make hyperspace navigation incredibly difficult. He's hoping to shake off their pursuers there, because each jump they make will take hours to calculate, and it's not going to get them far, so hopefully the Empire will be just as confused as them. After Sonogari's funeral, the off-duty pilots settle into the clubhouse, which is the unused morgue of the Dare, because it used to be a medical frigate, which is,
1: uh-huh.
2: you know, it's joyful, fun. Born. It's great. They swap stories. They forego bedtime and play who, what, where, a game where they must describe how they think they're going to die. A fun game.
1: They're having a rough time. Very fun game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's a great party game.
2: It's, yeah, that's, it's definitely a party game. I guess it really just goes to show like how. It's gallows humor. Yeah. Yeah. How much mm-hmm. they know they're going to die. Yeah. Will's who is Lena Coro, an elder back home, and she'll tell everyone who needs to know. His what is falling in flight from somewhere very high. Chas calls him out on not having a where, but his where is very high. <laughs> <That> <laughs> cheeky boy. Chass is who? Mon Mothma. I love this
1: because I would be Chas in this conversation as well. Same.
2: <laughs> her what is Reactor Core Explosion, and her where is Death Star 3, and she's like, put it together. Everyone laughs, but Will feels like she's just proclaimed his or her own doom. Because she's very intense about this. When Will goes to sleep, he dreams of Polinius, Polyneus? I, I don't know. Or home with a capital H. Only outsiders call it Polinius, Everyone inside of. like everyone who lives there calls it home. It has no other name. He's flying on a Sur Avka, which is a magnificent mount. He dreams of how the Sun Llamas proclaimed that each village must send a pilot to help the rebellion. He didn't want to leave home, but he knew he must because he was a good pilot. In his dream, he walks through destroyed streets of home and screams for the dead and gone. He's barely awake by the time the third attack is over. Red boy is the one left behind and killed. The Ties are clearly picking one fighter to pick off every time. They surround them and stop them from jumping away when everyone else does. The fourth battle is longer and they lose no riot pilots. Hound loses three. By the fifth battle, they're naming familiar tiles. Ties. There's Tails, Char, and Blink and others. They lose Kamala and at the funeral the Dare's chief engineer swears he'll discover how they're being tracked. The sixth battle takes place near a frozen planet. The Dare plans to slingshot around the planet to gain speed to escape but the Starfighters have to pour everything into not falling behind. Five ties catch up to Will and satanique falls back to help him. Their plan is to let the ties overshoot them but that fails and Will is surrounded as the hyperspace countdown begins. satanique forces a tie to reposition and Will takes the opening. He clips the tie and jumps to hyperspace. And because he clipped the tie, his windscreen is cracking. And he has to frantically seal the cracks while losing oxygen. He sets the A Wing to autopilot and hopes he'll li- live long enough to see the stars again.
1: Ugh, this whole sequence is just like draining. My baby. <gasps> yeah. He's,
2: sweet Paul. He's like the new Gavin.
0: He's He is, like, in the way that um, I'm like, I need to protect him yeah. because he's something, too good, good for bad this universe. That's going to happen. He's too good for this
2: universe. Yeah, I but, don't want him to be hurt anymore. He this <laughs> he only gets it's
1: worst. This whole section was kind of made me think of the last jedi where it's like they jump to hyperspace the enemy show yeah. up. they jump to hyperspace the enemy shows up and it's like mm-hmm. it's like a drawn out version of basically what that would have been if they had more fuel yeah mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like oh just slowly they're just like slowly chipping away at each other yeah mm-hmm. well exhausting. the empire's chipping
2: away at them they're not really doing much to yeah the Empire. yeah <laughs> yeah. it's pretty one-sided yeah back to quell who's about to give a briefing on shadow Wing, and she's not feeling great when is she ever shadowing is composed of six squadrons that was assigned to anti-piracy operations in the midrim shikara who we met previously was assigned as unit commander adan butts in to say that she has a cunin name doesn't she which is grandmother quell doesn't know why she pretends she's never heard it She's just like, no, I've never heard that before. And then she has to admit that she has. She's She's so dumb. I don't know what Quell is doing. She's so dumb.
1: (laughs) Just being a really bad liar, mostly.
2: Yeah. She, She can't help the defensiveness that comes with, like, she, her squad was like her family, basically, even though she knows the Empire is evil. So she's really torn on that.
0: Yeah, because it seems like half of it is her wanting to, like, distance herself from it and be like, look, like, I don't care about these, like, unique things that we had and, like, the sentimental kind of things about it. But it's also that she is protecting those things because, like, that was special to her. And it's Mm -hmm. like, girl, you can't, you can't do both.
2: (laughs) That is the best way to describe it. That is... Extremely perfect. So Grandma is responsible for the Shadow Wing as it stands. She made sure that they only turn up if there were other forces to hide behind, and made them unavailable if she didn't like the mission. <laughs> Thus, Shadow Wing. Then so- 12 starts talking about Major Soren Keys, who obviously she thinks she obviously thinks is like the best person ever, and she has to stop herself from calling him a hero because he is an Imperial ace. <laughs> He made everyone in Shadowing better, and between him and Grandma, the two of Fourth re- received prestige and was assigned to the pursuer. Adan asks how the-, the commanders are doing now, and Quell is like, Well, Keys is dead, and Grandma's probably still around and holding the unit together because she'll take orders until the Empire surrenders for good. Adan takes over the briefing. Kairos, Quell, and uh, Nath, I hate his-, his name is the worst, are tasked on investigating Shadowwing and creating a plan for finding them by the time they reach the Varmid battle group. Quell asks if the battle group is waiting on them, and Adan is really defensive when he's like, no, they have their own mission, but they'll help us if we need the help kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, all right, buddy. Okay.
0: There's some bad. Asks-
2: there. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad. He is obviously mad about something.
0: Yeah,
1: she Adan and his relationship with the Rebellion is really kind of uh, an interesting subplot here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Everyone's relationship is kind of an interesting subplot, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. She asks to fly again and she gets shut down and she just wants to scream because all she wants to do is fly. For analysis, Quell has to listen to hours of intercepted Imperial comms to find any hint of shadowing. She has a lot of an Empire, refusing to admit defeat, but finds no shadowing. So Adan gives her more recordings. She reports to therapy with Edo. She remembers watching Rebel recordings of Mon Mothma at 16, sitting tight against Nett in the older girl's mother's apartment. I think Nett was her girlfriend. There's also another line later on that makes it sound very much like their girlfriends. Yeah. The, The Rebel propaganda message was always that the Empire hurts and the Rebels help. Quell tells Edo that the Empire wasn't always as bad as Rebel said, but it wasn't great, and it got worse after Endor. But she doesn't regret anything, and she'll do her part now. She leaves therapy feeling worse. Which, you know, sometimes happens. That happens at therapy, to be honest. Yeah, she's like, this therapy isn't working, and I'm like, girl, this is how therapy works. Yeah, you gotta be
0: (laughs) broken down before you can get built back up
2: sometimes, girl. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate that, unlike in Rogue or Race Squadron, these guys actually have a therapy There's a therapist! (laughs) There's a therapy droid. Yep. I don't know if it's entirely helpful for it to be a torture droid, but there's a therapy droid. Yeah,
1: but, like... I feel like they are really pushing her, though. Like, they're really trying to knock her down.
2: Yeah, well, they want to know yeah. what she's lying about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's... This
0: is, like, the thing I love about Ito though, is that, like, they do extremely want to do their job as a therapist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so endearing. But and but like they are also aware of the limitation of I am a torture droid and like everybody knows it. And I and really was not built historical. for this. Yeah, and like it just it makes my heart <laughs> hurt, honestly, because yeah, like Ito is trying so hard to do a good job, but like because of the past and how they look. But it's like it's a droid and so they don't have control over those things of like what they were right. programmed for before this. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like all of these defectors where they had the choice to stay or go. Like, you were a droid. You were made for a purpose. And, like, you couldn't say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And, like, oh, it's so sad. It's just so sad.
2: It's so sad. And I, I love ito I love ito So much.
0: know having like a continuity. legit
1: character arc was one of the biggest surprises of this part. <laughs>
2: it's so good. ito is the best. That night, she listens to more impcoms in her bunk. She's almost asleep when a recording of a man and a woman catches her attention because it's lacking the formality that every other recording has had so far. The recording isn't about shadowing at all, but it sparks a memory that she... Of, like, time after Endor. The woman wants to know what something called a messenger told the man, what the Emperor's last orders were. The messenger was all in red with a hologram of the Emperor's face, and Quell remembers rumors of Shikara Nures locking herself away with a new passenger dressed all in red. And so she's like, wait, is this where Operation... Like, is this where all this came from? The messenger told the man Operation Cinder is to begin at once. And Quell, like, hurls her headset away because she realizes that the command for Operation Cinder came from the Emperor himself. But after record- after coming down, she has to go back to listening. And after that, every recording in the period becomes about Operation Cinder, and she falls asleep to dreams of Necronus, Naboo, and Commenor. Is this the first canon mention of Commenor? I think it might be. Because that was a... It may have been mentioned
0: in Battlefront, I'm not okay, sure. Because that was definitely an X-Wing series book, and, and a Legends book. So I always like it when like those things just...
2: Very subtly make their way in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig that. Next session of therapy, the next day, she is pissed. She asks Edo if Adan gave her recordings of Operation Cinder as a joke. Ugh. Because as you remember, she uh she defected during that because it was the worst. She'd always assumed Cinder came from the surviving imperial leadership, not Palps himself, and now she can't get that out of her mind. She asks Ido why he did it, and Ido's like, Adan did it for this reason, and she's like, No no no, I mean the emperor, why did he order cinder? (laughs) And Ito's like, what do you think? In typical therapy session. Yeah, that's so therapy. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, go to hell. (laughs) And leaves. (laughs) Not a good therapy session. No. After splashing her face with cold water, she runs into an astromech in a narrow corridor and has to squeeze past it. And she's just laughing hysterically because she is so over today. Nath is on the other side of the droid and he's like, hey, is T5 giving you a hard time? And then he also tells her she looks like garbage. And she's just like why is this happening um but as she's walking away he asks if she wants to shoot something and she really really does right now yeah she needs that Quell is a pilot not a stormtrooper and she doesn't really love guns the same way she loves ships or flying but she's definitely having fun shooting at a top strung across a cargo hold nath found this place by making go away um nath found his place by making a friend with someone on the bridge and it doesn't usually have life support on it's only turned on at the moment Quail thinks that Nath probably doesn't have problems convincing people to like him because he is charming, even if he's the worst.
0: That's how people do, man.
2: Yeah. Because she even feels comfortable talking to him right now. She asks Nath about his defection and argues that if the Rebellion had backed down and stopped recruiting from Imp Worlds after Alderaan, lives could have been saved. Nath asks if she's really been this much of an Imperial (laughs) sucker the whole time. (laughs) And (laughs) Quell's just like, actually, I did join the Empire to get flight training to defect to the Rebels. Uh, She's a sucker. Because... Her girlfriend at the time convinced her the rebellion was worth joining, Uh, but after joining the Academy, she kept putting off defecting because she was like, oh, I'll do it after this. I'll do it after this. Well, now Mm -hmm. I can't do it because I have my friends here. And then she just kind of stopped planning on defecting. And Natha's just like, you're not rebel material.
1: (laughs) That's also really relatable though, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like if you're
2: in a bad job, you're like, well, I'll leave after this thing. Or I'll leave
1: after this project. Yeah,
2: Man, I quit. I quit
0: that It's like job. one of those
3: subscriptions where you have to make a phone call to cancel, and
2: you're just like, uh... <laughs> I can't make a phone call, though.
3: Not today.
2: Yeah, Quell had to, like, phone up the rebels to be like, I'm joining, and she just couldn't handle it. Couldn't pick up the phone. When she leaves, she asks Nath about how Kairos convinced him to join them, and he's just like, ask your boss! And she's like, oh, okay. Chess Nachadik is crowned Queen of Starfighters and gallant protector of fizzy drinks, yeah. and I would just like to say I am very happy that fizzy drink is the canon phrase... In Star Wars, because that's what we call them here, and it makes me very happy. Nobody yeah,
1: else gets Star Wars. Better than, than Spasoda. Spasoda.
2: <laughs> Spoda? No,
1: I hate
0: Spoda. that. Spoda. That's terrible. That's really awful. That's really bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's also the nickname Stop. for Spunky Yoda. So.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh! I hate that even more. Those are two words I do not want
1: now, together.
3: Oh no, I love it. Spunk- Sp- no, I it.
0: Spunky Yoda. Spunky, <laughs> I love it.
3: spunky Smooth Yoda. Ugh. Oh,
2: not Smooth Yoda too. Oh,
3: good old Spasmoda. <laughs> Spasmoda. That's
2: oh, gross. No. Satanique crowns chess with a wire crown that she's kind of annoyed about because it's very human-favoring and she's got horns on her head. There are fewer and fewer pilots aboard the Dare. Chess had managed to take out one of the 204th. It wasn't the one she wanted, which was Char. But it's clear that plunging into the Orador Cluster was actually a mistake because she took out one and they've lost like five people by this point. Yeah, it's bad. Five more people. Ypresi, an old woman who loved to dance and never snitch when Chas stole her and crashed her ship, is the next person to go. Then Ron, then Fadim, who kinda seemed like Chess's best friend in the squadron. Chess makes sure nobody sees her cry at Fadim's funeral, but then goes off to cry a lot after. Thus, Hound and Riot become one squadron under Rununja's command, and Chess becomes Riot Ten. Chess had been the one to rescue Will when he Uh, came back to real space and was passed out and she tells him that at his resurrection party (laughs) which sure is a party he asks if her people believe in life debts and she's like i'm not getting stuck with you which is good news because his people don't believe in them either but he is grateful that she saved him he's so sincere that it makes her really mad best boy best boy
3: such a sweetheart i love that that he's like
2: do you believe in life did life dits because i i don't
0: (laughs) he doesn't but if she did he'd respect that like that's the thing yeah
3: (laughs) yeah that that's what i was wondering how does that work in star wars if like you save someone's life and your people don't
0: I mean, it, I think it would have to be, do like, who death, is but Willing? Do.
3: Um,
0: but yeah, like, it, it would really depend. Yeah, but, like, the type of person Will is, he'd be like, okay, your people believe in that, and because you're the one who saved my life, I'm going to go along with you. Because
2: I respect that, and I will save your life in the future. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like that's kind of Han and Chewy, right? Like, Han doesn't give a shit.
2: No, he doesn't no. care. But I think at that point, like... By the time they're like in the original trilogy, like there's no life debt there. They're just best pals. Yeah, yeah, and like
0: Chewie's like he will literally die if I leave. Yeah, also <laughs> yeah. <bad. laughs> he will make it ten minutes before he dies. I feel
1: yeah. like Chas could come to the same conclusion about Will.
0: Also fair. You're not wrong. <laughs> will no, Will Will's a fighter. Will's a fighter. Will's a fighter. He's stronger than he looks.
1: He is, but she. He doesn't, I think he doesn't she might die if he leaves. Certainly.
2: Because she's going to get into a fight and then die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ooh, it's chess. Chess, you're a lot. <laughs> you got to
0: calm down, girl.
2: Yeah, and for so you not calming down, she's not enjoying the party without the rest of Hound, and she's pissy. So Satanique draws her away, and he tells her stories of her- his homeworld to Brynn. She makes up a bunch of stories of a homeworld where healings were revered rather than objectified, and he doesn't seem to mind that she's lying, which she clearly is. She realizes with delight the that they're flirting. <laughs> I loved that line. It that
3: was, was a, such a good
1: line. Because
3: it was
0: like hours okay. later she realized.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just like, big mo. Yeah, it big was, like, we've all mode. been there too. That yeah. was
1: flirting, wasn't it? That was yeah. kind of fun! Extremely Oops. big mood.
0: <laughs> Extremely relatable. Wait, you wrote you wrote a
2: fanfic for me? That's weird. <laughs> what a kind friendship
0: gesture. <laughs>
2: We're calling out Meg right now, huh?
0: Yeah, fucking dumbass. Meg's
1: calling out Meg right <laughs> yeah. now. I'm yep.
0: allowed to, it's me.
2: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 33 hours and two deaths later, Will tells the story of the Death Star 2 as him and... Chess and Sadanik are cutting cubes of Jerusalem fruit and throwing them at each other and having a good time. Sadanik claims to have met the princess that admits that Will tells truthful stories and the Death Star deserves the truth. <laughs> when Will doubts that Chess wants to hear him tell it, Chess is like, Sadanik is an idiot and she loves his stories, but she wants to know about Endor, so she wants the truth. Yeah. And she thinks he tells the story like a prayer. <laughs> she later dreams of being at Endor and of kissing Sadanik. And it's awoken to the intercom calling all pilots because they have I've a had plan. that
1: dream too. Of kissing Sadanique. His <laughs> beak. Being at Endor and kissing Sadanique, yeah.
2: Mm, it's a very common dream, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Chess turns up her music as she sets course in her B Wing. Space metal is playing, but it's not right for the situation, so she changes it to something more energetic and I guess poppy, maybe. And now she's ready for the attack run. She sings along loudly.
1: I love this so much. Why have we never seen this before in Star Wars?
2: I like that there was like herglic gurgling. Or something like that. Yeah. Like, I, I love this. This is why have we, like, you're right, Danny. Why have we never seen a pilot listen to music while flying before? Because everyone does it in their cars, I assume. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best thing about driving is listening to music. It's true. So, their plan is to basically knock out the pursuing ship's engine so that they can't keep chasing them because they think the theory is that the imps are picking them off, like, picking each one off, and then picking at the bones that's left behind, basically, to find the nav coordinates that they're given. Um, and so the only way to stop so
1: them is So these Imperials like... are fish nuns? <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: Fish
3: nuns with <laughs> That's never. why they're so angry and
2: determined. <laughs> Good
1: reference. Good reference. They want
2: those bones. So the only way to stop them is to actually, like, stop them. I tell... it stop them. So there's a space battle. They knock out the pursuing ship's engines, and they're preparing to jump to light speed, except not, because when they return to the dare, it's in flames... It's still intact, and it has functional weapons, but its reactor and hyperdrive are destroyed, so neither ship is going anywhere. Ugh, so now they're just This there, they're is still. bad. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> not good. bad. It's a race to which you can fix its hyperdrive first, basically. The pursuer limps home, and Shakara figures it's probably on its last legs, but she doesn't really care about that. She's unsentimental about everything, I guess. Everything. <laughs> everything. Except, like, They've... the Empire
0: and her husband, apparently.
2: Yeah. The two things she has. Or... I guess they're both. The two things she's but... lost,
0: she's sentimental <laughs> yeah. about.
2: Yeah, she's she's holding on to the empire still. They've successfully destroyed all the nearby colonies and are like sixty percent through surrounding their new base with a minefield to protect it. But the absence of the eerie and its ties are concerning. Shakara gets hit up by Colonel 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 No Colonel <laughs> Madrigast, which is such a great name of the Unyielding. He's an idiot. But he's loyal and he's the first to make contact with her. He orders her to join his fleet and she's just like, nah, bro, that's not happening. She's staying right <laughs> where she is at Pandem Nye to build a base of operations so that she can supply the surviving fleet and whoever ends up in command. Maybe even Admiral Sloane, mm-hmm. which is like the one Sloane call out we get in this book. Yep. <laughs> she tells him to come visit soon and they'll get him repair and restocked. And he's just like, oh, okay. He's kind of humbled by this because he realizes she actually has a plan like him. Going back to Erika Quell, she believes in rules, because they keep the galaxy predictable and livable and the Empire has nurtured her love of order. Now she's in the Rebellion, which she is like, it's founded by lawbreakers and anarchists, which isn't necessarily true, <laughs> but she's going to struggle learning to bend her principles for the Rebels. So she's practicing. She sneaks into the cargo hold, where she was shooting with Nath, which is now dark and without life support. She heads over to like the deactivated astromech she saw earlier and she just picks one at random. It boots up, and it's like, I'm working! Everything's great! They're both surprised by Kairos. With inhuman speed, Kairos takes Quell down and knocks off her oxygen mask. The droid goes at Kairos, but she warns it off, and I appreciate how loyal this droid is already. Quell, thinking she's gonna die, tells Kairos that she needs a chance to make it right. After a moment, Kairos presses the oxygen mask back to Quell's face and tells her to make it right. Then she leaves.
1: And then they kiss.
2: Oh, I wish. I wish. not
0: yet this is this is the three book series remember
3: yeah yeah first of a the trilogy there's time there's time time for them to find
1: out they're related Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yep basically. just going by the star wars template <laughs> oh no Yikes.
2: Quo makes her way to the ship moorings and picks a starfighter in the same way she chose a droid so random she loads a droid and it brings the ship to the loading ring Quell jumps into a T-65 X-Wing. There's the X-Wing. It takes her a moment to recognize shield controls after flying ties which have no shields. And she's just like, whoa, (laughs) no wonder they don't have to learn how to dodge. They have shields. And then she's like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be mean to them because they won. (laughs) The astromech informs her that its name is D-6L. She gives D-6L a message to send upon departure that she's going to investigate a lead and rendezvous back within 24 hours because she's going to run out of oxygen by them then she disengages from the buried treasure and drops into real space erica Quell is flying again if she can see where shadow wing has been she might be able to figure out what they're up to so she's made a list of missing ships non communicative outposts and anything else that might have been done by the 204 she's got 24 hours to visit as many as possible she has no l- luck in a bunch of systems so she sees ghosts of starfighters in gen dawn which i just thought was a really cool concept between jumps, she remembers the fourth bombarding McTraddy. She'd been horrified, but she'd done her job regardless. After, Major Keys had noticed that it had affected her, and he pulls her into his office to talk with her. She told him she wanted to be a rebel originally, and he asks if she respects them, and she says she pities them. He responds that respecting them is easier because nobody wants to feel like a butcher, and that they're killing them because they have no choice like the rebels have no choice but to fight they want to feel like it's a fair fight and quell is just like well actually it is the empire's fault the rebels have to fight like this and living like this and then she catches herself he tells her to continue and he gets up and stops conveniently right in front of the recording eye in his office Hmm. so that she can talk the empire is inefficient and corrupt and it can't all be blamed on the rebels she thinks keys agrees he says, our empire is as corrupt as it is glorious. He leads her to the hangar where they see a bunch of pilots, and he tells her that they're not fighting for the Emperor, they're fighting for them, their brothers and sisters in arms. She comes back to the prison when her X-Wing arrives in the Jira system. The Hellions dare had failed to check in, but there's no sign of a battle. She's about to leave when DL6 I feel like what? is it D6L? I have been naming this droid wrong the whole time. Okay, D6L gives her an analysis of Jira's exosphere. There are traces of hyperdrive fuel and particle fire, which means that there was a battle. After a closer look, she heads back to the buried treasure, sure she has what she needs. When she gets there, she meets with Adan, Nath, and two armed crew members, which is a bit much in her opinion. But Adan is mad and he's straining to throw her out of an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> he is mad. She tells him to check her ship's logs and asks if D6L and asks D6L for confirmation. She thinks D6 understood what she was doing. Nath suggests Anden gives her five minutes, then decides if he wants to space her. She asks for two. Quellus figured out that the Hellion's Dare was attacked in low orbit and ran before Shadowwing could do much damage to Jiris, fleeing to the Orodol Cluster. She also explains that a tour of fourth maneuver called trapping the Bantha is probably what they're using to track the Hellion's Dare, which is where they'd surround the lone ship until the rest jump to hyperspace and destroy it and scan its nav system, which is what the Hellion's Dare crew has assumed. Shadowwing hasn't returned to mop up Jiris, which means that it's still chasing the Dare.
1: Okay, so you know when I'm reading... Star Wars books that, like, I glaze over all the space battles and strategy and military movements, but as soon as I saw that they were describing something called Trapping the Bantha, (laughs) I was like, you have my full attention, I'm very interested in this, and actually learned a military maneuver because of it.
2: Yeah, Freed knows how to get our attention.
1: Title of my sex tape. (laughs) Oh,
2: no. That's bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs)
2: So now the working group has a goal, to find the dare and extract it, but it's going to take days to get reinforcements, and time is ticking. Natsigen sending a signal to guide the dare home. Like an old friend of his used to use Pergol to warn business partners of danger without using Imperial beacons. Amazing.
1: Love that.
2: Yeah. I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. I, knew, really... I thought
3: of you, Danny, when I got that, to that point. I knew you Me would too. love that reference. Thank you.
2: Freed really manages to pull from like a lot of the universe, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Dan announces I I have discovered now that as I've been going through this I've slowly been changing the characters names to match what I actually read them as in my head (laughs) (laughs) Dan announces he's found their solution and 70 minutes later Ito finds Quells up up her flight suit. Ito's not happy that she's getting sent on a mission because she's still not fully healed and when was the last time she slept and Quells like I'm fine. Ito expects her to be more reasonable which I don't know why because she's got an X-Wing and she wants to fly.
1: I really appreciate Edo's focus on self-care.
2: Mm, me too. So the U, X, and the Y head to Heracos 15, an Imperial research facility studying the Orodol Cluster. Quell's got provisional command of the mission. The facility seems deserted when they arrive, but D6L wants to power up weapons and open the air and she's just like, not yet, not yet. She sends a comm to the station pretending to be part of the tour fourth and requesting emergency landing. A droid rejects her request. The droid isn't caving, despite what she says, and Quell's torn on whether to attack or keep at the facade. Nath saves her by shooting at her and yelling over insecure comms to kill the hostage. She races for the outpost, Thanks, and despite Nath. the droid telling her she's not authorized, the outpost's weapons ignore her and aim for the other two fighters. So, his improvised uh, idea is working, That
0: could have turned out real bad, now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It could have turned out real bad.
3: <laughs> Got lucky there.
2: Yep. Right as she's he- pretending to head over to dock, she gets D6 to lock S-Files into attack position and pulls up, taking out the outpost guns. Through a viewport, she sees people at their stations and realizes the facility's defenses aren't fully automated. She remembers Ido being like, well, will you shoot your former people? And at this moment, she's like, actually, yeah, I will. So she lets off a torpedo. Two hours later, they've captured the station and a few survivors and are sending probes into the cluster to search for the dare. That's really all they can do for now. The rest is up to the dare. Will waits in his A-Wing as desperate repairs are made within the dare. They're at a stalemate. If the Ties press the attack, Riot Squadron will just go destroy the carrier and jump out and the Ties will be stranded because they have no hyperspace drive. They all kind of just have to wait now. Will whispers to his A-Wing like a Sarovak and Satanique yells for Chas over the comms because he's been proven right that Will does talk to his chest. <laughs> Oops. The poor boy left his comm open.
1: Buddy. That, that whole sequence was really cute. Yeah.
2: yeah. I love
3: Will. I love it.
1: He's very good. <laughs>
2: And Chess didn't respond instantly, and she's asked why. And after a moment, she plays her music over the comms. And a quote from this, which is really good, is, Will laughed. In that one instant, he loved Chas and Achadik more than anyone else in the world. <laughs> so
1: good. Same, Will. Big same. <laughs> Big mood.
2: After hours of waiting, Will decides to try to reach out to the Thai pilots. Eventually, someone replies, the, the pilot they've named Blink. He tells a story about the Orador Cluster. And when Will shows admiration for the myth, he replies, You're going to rot here, here Will Lark.
0: Fuck you! He
2: starts getting Fuck real <laughs> mean. Yeah, this so dick. He starts getting real mean when so Renan just sets off a jammer burst to stop him from happening. Not long after that, the imps start playing Imperial Marches and Propaganda Lectures on the open channel, so Will just doesn't go back there. Which this is the This scene was worst. really,
1: really cool. Like, we, we hardly ever see the two sides kind of talking to each other. Yeah. And it, really it like kind that. of reminded me of, like, just the, the idea that, like, you know, in a war there are soldiers fighting for sides, but at the end of the day they're all just, like, people yeah except yeah empire right, I, I thought right, there was gonna be a moment empire of like, like like connection between them and then they go the other way and turned out to be assholes and <laughs> it's like oh come on yeah, they <laughs> yep. doubled down yeah yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah i this is why the empire is bad empire because so they're bad. all dicks eventually the imp carrier starts to move but the deer isn't ready yet renunja says riot can run since they all have working hyperdrives, but everyone agrees to stay and fight and renunja's happy that they say that then the ties are on them they take out Merish, then head for Chas, and Sardanique makes a beeline to help her, Will following. In an instant, Sardanique's fighter is gone, and Chas is asking where Sardanique went, and all Will can do is try not to die. The dare sends jump coordinates, but nobody replies to Will asking if they're jumping. He tries to get to Chas so they can jump, but she refuses to leave after they killed Sardanique. Will imagines losing the dare and Chas, and Chas, why do I keep changing how I say it, and knows he can save her, so he shoots out her weapons so that she can't fight anymore. She's forced to run with Will. Adan is drinking in bed, shirtless. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if he's actually in bed, but I feel like he he's is. definitely in bed. He has to quickly. He's
0: he's like barely. He's sitting up just enough that he doesn't spill the drink on himself. <laughs> like yep. this is a whole ass mood that I understand one hundred percent.
3: Almost laying down, but not quite. Because he has to yeah. be able
2: to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: We've all been there. Yeah.
2: Oh, buddy. It's a bad day. We all know. He has to very quickly pull on a shirt when he gets the alert that two starfighters have emerged from the cluster. They'd found one of the probes and followed the coordinates to Herakos. Quell and Nath are already in the hangar when he gets there, and he's just like, how did they they know? What's happening here? The B-Wing pilot stumbles out of the cockpit and tries to get to the A-Wing, where a boy is crying out that they have a message on the ship. But the boy ignores Adan asking about the message, which annoys him, and hugs Chess. One of the crew tells him that they'll be fine, and Chess loses it, attacking Will because they're fine, but everyone else is dead. They had in fact brought a message from the Dare that it'll take time to analyze it. Adan decides that this is a win for the working group. He asks Edo's impression actually no, he decides it's a win for the working group, and he's like, Yeah, I did this amazing thing. I mean, Erica did it, but actually I, I chose her so was I did me. it. It was all me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He asks Edo's impressions of the rescued pilots and scoffs when Edo's like, they've suffered a lot. And he's like, no, I've suffered a lot. And Edo's just like, their pain doesn't listen to your pain, buddy. Like, everyone can suffer. It's fine. Adan wants him in his working group because it's not like he's got a lot of options. Edo arranges for real food and warm temperatures for the crew to celebrate. Quell isn't really in the mood, but Nath sure is. And Kairos is just there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Quo gets to meet Will and Chess, and the working group is assembled. And then we cut to an interlude kind of thing. A stranger arrives at the Tinkertown cantina looking to sell okay, some Okay,
0: I have to pause this here just because... <coughs> so the place is called Tinkertown. <laughs> yep, it mm-hmm. sure is. <laughs> um, at the Pacific Science Center, which is like the Seattle like Science Museum for like kids and stuff like that, they, they exhibit that our friend Matt ben Eden uh is like kind of in charge of is called tinkertown oh my god <laughs> and like yes. we just make a joke that he's like the king of tinkertown So <laughs> like even where my dad has referred to him as such so when i read this in the book i flipped out and i was like when is he gonna read this because like i need to talk to him
2: about this oh my right god now. that's really cool. because there actually is
0: a tinkertown like canon in star wars <laughs> I'm so excited for him to read this book.
2: <laughs> this book is truly something for everyone. It truly is. It's amazing. <laughs> so he goes to the cantina looking to sell salvage and cantina people are the best people to find information from. He gets directions to a buyer and heads back out. He gets jumped and his gear is stolen. So he goes back to cantina and is like, Hey, bartender, you obviously told them I was coming. Uh, he holds Gosh. him at gunpoint and is just like, I just want to talk. And it turns out he actually does just want to talk. <laughs> His name is Devon, and the, the barkeep is Gannery and the gang forces Gannery to give them info or they'll burn down his cantina. Devon offers to train the people of Tingertown to fight back against the gang and then he does exactly that. The gang comes for Devon in the night and he just cooperates with them. Their leader, Virant, Vryant, Bryant Vryant, wants, it's got Ryan in it. Yeah. His name is just Ryan now. <laughs> Ryan wants <laughs> Devon to stop what he's doing. It's Bryant with a <laughs> V. <them. can> <laughs> yeah. He can either leave with money or work for Ryan. Devin makes his decision easily. Gannery finds Devin a little while later, walking back from the meeting with a fresh limp. The communications tower where he met Ryan is on fire, and nobody's going to be leaving it anytime soon. (laughs) Part of him hopes that Gannery will be like, hey, come back to the cantina, have a drink, I'll look after you, but instead, gets politely told to fuck off. There's no place for him in this town. Yikes.
1: This whole thing was so intriguing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, even, like, this random character that I don't know anything about. I'm just like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, I
1: was instantly just like, oh, Devin is cool. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just the way he just kind of came in and was, was, like, let himself get beat up. And I was like, all right, we done with this? Cool. I'm gonna go train the rest of the town to beat you guys up and then we'll be back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Devin is, like, the most noble character in all of Star Wars. Yeah. And that's the end of part one.
1: Yeah. I hope we learn more about Devin later in the book because it's very random and that intriguing. was... Is- very random <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's so good i'm so excited this was like such a good book this is such a good-
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm enjoying it oh, it's yeah really good. and I, I mean it's it's a pretty traditional approach like part one like gathering the team together but mm-hmm. but every character already stands out so uniquely on their own
2: that's something that freed is extremely good at like the same thing is kind of there in twilight company um Mm-hmm. that each character, like, within meeting them in a few sentences, like, they stand out as a character.
1: Yeah.
2: Can't remember yeah. Any their names now, but I love them all.
1: And again, kind of that, like, organizational, like, neat, kind of OCD-esque pr- aspect of my personality, like we talked about with Pokemon, kind of enjoys this too, where we have one starfighter of each type, and we have one pilot to go with each of them, and I <laughs> yeah. can of think of each pilot <laughs> from each ship and their personality. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I like that the ships don't necessarily, like, it works for them, but they're not necessarily, like, the person that you would assume would be in each ship. Like, if you didn't know, yes. like, what they were already piloting, right? Like, you wouldn't really think that Will is an A-Wing pilot based of, like, what we already know of A-Wing pilots.
1: No, Will's totally a Y-Wing right? pilot. Right,
0: like, and, like... Um...
2: Nath is an X-wing pilot. Yeah, and
0: that yeah. like Chas would be in the A-wing because of like the the speed and like the recklessness of it and stuff like that. So it's really mm. it's really interesting of how they put them each in their fighters. But it kind of does it goes against like what we presume of like the people who usually do this stuff, right?
2: But then it suits them so well. It does. Like it on. absolutely does. Yeah, it's really good. Like Nath is like scrappy and kind of like trash but he's good at what he does. Right, like, right? like a he is a Y-Wing, 100%. <laughs> and B-Wings are actually pretty punk, turns out, and that's chess. Yeah.
3: Yep. Should we do some listener responses? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> this ones that we totally got last week.
3: Did we answer this one last week? We did
2: not. Uh, Saf
0: did. I don't I, did. Re- I don't
3: remember, did we? <laughs> Saf did, yeah, Saf did. Yeah. yeah. Last week we asked, what Pokemon partner would Luke Skywalker have? And Seth said, remind me again. Pikachu. <laughs> Pikachu, yes. Um God, I had a whole week to think about this. I I would say
0: <laughs> that he would get a Squirtle because then he wouldn't have to farm moisture anymore.
1: Oh,
2: that's smart. That's smart. Danny, you're just looking at a list of Pokemon.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mime. Yeah. No,
2: I hate them.
0: Because
3: Luke is a bit of a troll. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Old Luke would definitely have a Mr. Mime. Yeah,
3: old, old Luke would have a Mr. Mime with him on <laughs> Ray the Ray turns island. up to Jakku. <laughs> was a, Mr.
0: a Mime. Mr. Mime. I'd be like, I'm out. Chewie, turn <laughs> this
2: around.
1: So I think Luke's Pokemon partner would be Staryu. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I feel like you could use Staryu to power a lightsaber got kind of a kyber crystal thing going on there all
0: right all oh right. yeah i can see that. and also
1: it's just the first pokemon that came up on my Pokédex when i opened up pokemon go <laughs> another good reason
0: Star-y and Star-y. <laughs> fair
1: um all right. we got so many responses we to this so question only like six when hours- we actually release an episode and like ask a question throw it out there we don't get this many responses so what, what the hell <laughs> <People> everyone
3: <laughs> are excited about pokemon yeah, people just love pokemon i guess so i think it's gonna catch on one of these days yeah <laughs> Ash, I can't wait for like a week from now, Danny's going to show up and be like, I caught 78 Pokemon. Here's my favorite one. <laughs> I <laughs> memorized those stats. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ash said, Evie, because they're both just plain good boys. Normal type. That's her. Normal type good boys. And then Dinner Leader replied and said, I know almost nothing about Pokemon, but Evie was the first one to come to mind. And I feel very validated in thinking so because Ash would know. Evie is Think the, the only the one, one he
0: are? likes. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, leader, wow. do
1: you want to learn about Pokemon with me?
0: <laughs> Great, because you'll learn about it last yeah. week. I mean, he keeps calling them Digimon <laughs> just to piss me
2: off, but... Oh, that's me. Oh, no. That's bad.
1: Wait, what is Digimon? Oh, Danny, Digimon? Digimon is can't, a whole other property. Danny. Don't worry that about rings it. a very faint bell in my I brain. Because I love Digimon. It's a whole other property. I love
2: Digimon. It's not like Pokemon. It is not like you Pokemon. You won't care about it as much. Was It
1: It was a knockoff. It wasn't connected. It's, no. not, it's not a off, knockoff. It's off brand. It's Pokemon.
2: not!
3: Oh, oh my, my god.
1: god!
2: It's not! It's its own thing! <laughs> it's
3: completely it's
2: different. Pokemon. Shut the fuck up, It's here. nothing like Pokemon. Shut up. <laughs>
0: this
3: is how Robot
2: died. Oh my god. I'm going to mute Haze. <laughs> Wait, I can't because we're recording through all tests. Damn damn
3: yeah. My mic is staying on. Damn it. Anyway. Uh next answer. <laughs> x-wings in history said a walrus some of these i don't know because <laughs> there were a couple generations i skipped
2: yeah a rain is Wal-rain a walrus
3: that he reg- yeah and he included a photo and it's yeah oh uh, yeah
1: it's an animal that can be milked
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you can milk it in the game, but
1: <laughs> i doubt it but i bet Luke- I luke's going to it, i guess so. <laughs> oh my god i just googled the rain and i love it
2: <laughs> okay Okay, so going back to the seal thing really quickly. The first evolution of it is Seal, which I think is a shit seal because it's not a seal; it's sea lion for one thing. But second form, sealio, is actually the closest to and like anatomically correct seal. My hatred about it is that it is like blue and yellow, and those are clownish colors, and I'm offended by that. Anyways, back back to Star Wars.
3: Uh, Forrest said a wampratata that forces him to make up for bullseyeing so many back on tattoos. I love wampratata.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> so love good. that. That's cute.
3: So good. RV Andy said Miltank, which I don't
2: actually
0: know that I, is.
3: I feel like that's self-explanatory. A giant cow with udders. <laughs> Everyone's another, doing milking jokes. <laughs> another milking reference.
2: We should have seen this coming, but somehow I didn't.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs>
3: it's perfect. Odie said, "Flareon, Luke always needs a fiery redhead by his side." That's cute. That is. That cute. is.
0: <laughs> ben.
3: This was very unexpected. <laughs> like I almost think it was a typo. It's
2: not. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, did uh, you get the names wrong on who sent <laughs> right? the? I nope. I would think it's a different
0: Ben. Like I would think that it's no, Ben, it was,
3: but it's Ben. This was this is Ben Mormon, and he said. Well, Luke is a whiny white twink, so I imagine his Pokemon is something super basic, like a teddy ursa, which is just a teddy bear. <laughs> Amazing.
2: <sighs>
3: Brian said a sobble, because he's a crybaby. <laughs> I love it. I love
2: that Danny's like looking up every Pokemon as we say it. I'm he's learning so ago. much.
3: Do you want me to go slower, Danny? So you can no, that, go you're on. good. I'm caught Maybe up. can get your reaction. All what
2: right. the hell is this next one?
3: Mika said Shiggy because Luke is a moisture farmer. Let me look up what Shiggy. I, sh- I
2: looked up Shiggy and uh, <laughs> I found some Riper. Uh, yeah, me too. There's no Pokemon. Oh, it's it's. Oh, is it a German? Oh, oh, it's a Squirtle.
3: Oh, it's Squirtle. It's a Squirtle. Oh,
0: Squirtle oh, we are on the
2: same it's, page. Great.
3: Yeah, it's Squirtle. Yeah. Mika, okay. we got
2: this. Oh, that's cute. That makes sense. I forget that Pokemon are name. Oh, yeah, because so like, I don't none know these are the Pokemon Japanese. Is, names. There is a Pokemon in, like, German or something, and its name, because its name triggers the, fil- like, the word filter system, you can't trade it, you can't trade this Pokemon if you catch it in Germany on the global trade system, because its name technically has, like, something offensive in English. That's amazing. Or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Fun fact! <laughs> Fun fact!
3: <laughs> um, alright, let me get back in the show notes and stop looking at Pokemon. Squirtle photos. <laughs> <That's hard. laughs> For Sylvia, a demo of like 10 and Sylvia said, bag on. Let me before I keep going, I want to look at what's it's this cute. Pokemon. I've, right. I've
1: got gotcha. you. Look at my video.
2: Oh, there it is. Hang
1: on. Oh, okay. Oh, so cool. He's so cute. It's a little that,
2: it's a baby dragon.
1: Uh, it's like a dinosaur with a George Washington wig. So, I love him. Sylvia
0: <laughs> knows what she's talking about.
1: I stand bag her on her
0: husband right. JP right. is like highly ranked like worldwide for Pokemon card game.
2: Wait, this is Sylvia dating a JP. Well, Sylvia's got a long response. Because I know Sylvia
3: dating a JP. (laughs) So so here's what Sylvia had to say about Bagon. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Is it Bagon? I think it's Bagon. Bagon. I've never been more certain about anything (laughs) in my life. (laughs) It, it, it dreams of flying away and is so stubborn about it that it smashes its head against the rocks. Oh, is that what the little thing Eww. on its head is for? Oh. How is this not Luke's whole life? I could go all day. <laughs> when Luke, that's what she said. When Luke goes into exile, Bagon evolves into Shelgon, and when he reunited with the Force, Shelgon becomes Salamence, who is filled with joy.
0: Oh. Aww. <laughs> it's perfect.
3: Love it. Yeah, that's a really that good is. answer. That is a really good answer. Jason Flatt said, Drifloon, because they're both airheads.
2: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Change of pace there.
3: Lucas said, I'd say Riolu or Lucario, since their ability to read someone's aura seems a lot like the Force. Lucario's
2: real good.
3: Hmm. Mike said, well, since Vader has a charlizard, never heard of it, <laughs> I figured that Luke would have a Lugia.
2: A Lugia. Is
3: charlizard Lukia. just Charizard? I think
2: it's just Charizard. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think they meant Char. Abby said Evie because Evie is the cutest and can evolve with friendship, just like. You. Aww. <laughs> it's true. I know, though. but it's so stupid. Swara <laughs> yeah. said Squirtle squirt, which doesn't give much info about why you chose Squirtle, but right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um. Tom the Fanboy said Charmeleon specifically because then they can both be read five. Oh! oh
1: I get it.
2: Because Charmeleon is number five in the Pokemon. That's cute.
0: Yep. That's really cute.
2: That is cute.
3: Ben Newton said Star Staraptor? Staraptor? Because it- that's one I don't know. Is it a raptor, like a dinosaur? Uh,
2: I'm looking it up. Oh, no, oh, I think it's a bird. My. Yeah, it's a bird.
3: Uh, yeah, typical. That also makes sense. That's the <laughs> other kind of raptor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ben Newton said Star Raptor because it's kind of like Skywalker and when it grows up, it just decides to peace out. And this is a quote from, I believe, the Pokedex, probably. Upon evolution, this Pokemon leaves its flock to live alone. Oh, no. It can be highly aggressive, <laughs> persistently attacking even larger foes in spite of illness or injury. Oh, no! That's that sounds
2: like Kylo Ren.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Greg said, I think he'd have a Sandshrew. Sandshrews are simple, wholesome desert lads you. yeah and then we got an email from thomas How did we got an email from a question we posted four hours ago on twitter <laughs> yep <laughs>
0: it's been like eight hours since then
3: <laughs> why didn't they just tweet it
2: that may not have twitter
0: wait yeah, then yeah, how did they see the it.
2: question
3: because we only posted this pro- on twitter did
2: thomas email this public. from the future
3: <laughs> it could be like it could be like someone who doesn't have a twitter but like looks at Twitter oh, accounts.
2: maybe i choose to believe that thomas is from a week in okay, the future cool. yeah uh, yeah this is freaking me out
3: <laughs> luke's pokemon would be clefairy because he's a soft doofus yeah
2: that's really cute
3: at uh, first i thought he was going to go into the clefairy gengar thing and i was like no this is too much <laughs> he's definitely listening
0: is this also from them
3: yeah oh yes and the email ended by saying long time archive crawler first time question answer will probably leave you a gushy itunes review once i work up the ability to sign up for an account Well, what a sweet hi thank you thomas. Thanks, thomas thank you the future sounds nice and this week's the future question... sounds
0: nice <laughs> <laughs> oh no i had a feeling this was gonna happen <laughs> Good. Wait, Isn't we need to
2: give out glistening bodies right, yeah. first. Oh yeah. Sylvia. Uh,
3: definitely, definitely gets one. Y- Yeah, definitely a Bodhi for Sylvia. Sylvia.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: I wanna give one to Forrest for Wamperteta. That's good. Yeah, That's
2: really
0: that one's funny. good too.
3: And I don't know what to give Ben for saying Luke <laughs> is a whiny white twink. But
2: something. <laughs> it's a it's a shiny it's a wait. Glistening Luke saying that he was what? Was gonna the go to the station to, station the to pick up some power okay. converters.
1: Yeah. How about just some glistening power
3: converters? Yeah. Okay. Glistening, some glistening yeah. power converters. There you we go. Get are. some glistening power converters then for calling Luke a whiny white tool. <laughs> so, I just, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I can't get over it. It's hard to believe. All right, this week's question What is your favorite color of Erica Quell crayon?
0: I need to think about I definitely need to think the about this one.
2: Of
3: yep. This is just, ugh.
2: Oh. Alright, Twitter. Twitter. Alright, listeners. Listen <laughs> to us. <laughs> I've lost my mind by hey, these listeners this, listen to this us. marathon.
1: <laughs> you, Steph, you worked hard this It's episode. hard to be rogue leader. <laughs> you get to take the rest it of the day is. off.
2: I respect big... Me- I don't, Danny. I have work to do after oh, this. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's Queen's birthday, even though it's not actually her birthday, which is a public holiday in the Commonwealth. Alright. <laughs>
1: God save the Queen.
2: <laughs> to respect the Queen, I have done this. Um <laughs> Alright, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podrin with your answer to our question. We actually will we're not recording the next episode right after this, so there is time to answer mm-hmm. this. Um our email is roguepodron at gmail dot com and we do read your emails. Our website is roguepodron dot com and our Patreon is patreon.com slash roguepodron which if you join, you can join our Discord, you can get cool rewards like fix and uh what are they called? Cross stitches. Yeah, uh patches. And T-shirts and pa- Photoshop. yeah, photoshops. Photoshops. Photoshop. We'll All
1: the deliver cool Panera stuff. straight to your door.
2: Yeah, we will. If you pay us a certain amount, we will deliver Panera right to your door. Um, unless you don't live in America, I guess.
1: Yeah, we'll figure oh, it, it to out. Be
2: we'll figure it out. It'll be cold, but it's fine. I
1: will. I will ship a bowl of broccoli cheddar soup overseas. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Customs is going like to hate you. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> Please don't. Yikes. <laughs>
2: You can subscribe to us via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and Google, or any of your other favorite podcatchers. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We love reviews. We love the stars. Um, We're so hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. And also, wait, no, actually, after this long episode, I'm kind of glad we don't have any so I don't have to read them. (laughs) (laughs) But leave us reviews. I will read them out loud. So whatever you say will be said verbatim by me, probably. Yeah.
0: So, you know, include some horse noises and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Have fun. As long as
0: it's five stars.
2: <laughs> as long as it's five stars. Great. And if it's not, if it's not, then Danny will ship the cold soup to your door. <laughs> it's a threat.
1: No, it'll be hot. I'll warm oh, it up no. first.
2: That's even worse. How is it still hot? <laughs> Why is it still warm? <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: ominous. It's so ominous.
1: I'll put a heat lamp in there with oh, it. Oh,
0: jeez. All right, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: I'm shutting
3: down our Patreon <laughs> <laughs> before we all get arrested.
0: All right, so next time it will be Alphabet Padron Part Two, and with that, this is Rogue Podrin signing off. Fucking finally, Pass <laughs> <back laughs> <laughs> How- Pow- be- Pew 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 pew.
1: A B X Y Z. No, A B U X Y. <laughs> A B U X Y. XY <laughs> pew <laughs> <laughs> no, that was last week Keith. oh shit. That,
2: we're losing, yeah we lose it we're losing we're losing it uh, like someone, someone i get pikachu a and i peasant boy
1: yeah the skype call is at three hours and 32 minutes <laughs> cool. so
2: actually
0: that's that's, that's actually less we usually do two hours for an episode yeah
2: um i appreciate that fleshy peasant boy was said twice yeah through this part very good thank you alex reed for this gift